Oh, Steph, did you know that we're self-righteous, by the way? I don't know if you know that. Tell me more. Well, we and many other content creators, tell you know, the, more, the, tell the, me more. the content creators that uh, respected the uh, strike and uh-huh. all that kind of stuff. We are stood in solidarity. Yeah. Yeah. We are self-righteous and how dare we and blah, blah, blah. And for the record, we never called out any particular never did. show. We just generally said it's not right to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not being self-righteous. That's uh, giving a fuck about human beings. Yeah. No. Just because you feel attacked by something that we did for ourselves, for our own ethics over here, doesn't mean we're self-righteous. That means you know you were wrong. Right. That's what that means. There's a secret cabal of like awesome people, and I wish I was that cool. Birds of a feather, baby. Mm-hmm. That's just how it be. We'll just have to settle for having the best nerd podcast in the world. But not queer. Oh, no, we're not queer. And, and we're self-righteous. Yeah. Self-righteous, not at all queer podcast. <laughs> well, okay, I'll add that to the list of merch I need to make. Self-righteous. I'm serious. I'm ready. We need to make that, we need to be dirty about it, though. What do we need to be dirty about? What? How are we not? Wait, are we somehow lacking in the dirty right now? Well, we can't just make stickers that say self-righteous. We have to be like self-righteous bitches or self-righteous. Okay, you can take over the merch though. No. That's what I fucking thought. Okay. <laughs> I mean, thank you for your feedback. I will take that into consideration. Yeah, so y'all, just to let you know, Steph receives feedback from me the same way she receives feedback from everybody else, which is to say... <laughs> Don't give her feedback. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can. It just Just, won't be received very well. I'll just, I'll just Latin mom that and just like boop into the trash. File thirteen it. Is that what you do? Like when your when your kids are like, I made you something, and you're like, oh, no, that goes straight on the fridge, and you know it. (laughs) I'm like, I'm sorry, sorry, that has to. Look, they've outgrown the the macaroni art era so that's nice but they still make me shit and it's really sweet and i treasure all of it so <laughs> my <laughs> my friend elizabeth uh gave me this great story so um uh her her kids her kids were like first grade or something like that and uh-huh. it was it was uh they were doing the full house thing so they show up to the the school and meet the teachers all that kind of stuff and you mean open house open house sorry i'm not full, I, full house is a sitcom <laughs> i'm my bad <laughs> okay go on so there's a there's a uh, in the classroom there's an area of the wall where all the kids are doing their you know drawings and stuff like that, and she looks up at the wall and there's one picture where it's like those are dicks. <laughs> those are uh, clearly dicks. Those uh-huh. are dicks, dicks, dicks. And she's laughing. She's like, oh my god, what what child drew this and probably blah blah blah. It was her, mommy. Kid. That's my drawing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I drew mushrooms. I'm like, yes, you did. You sure did. No, it's always, look, the circus is always entertaining until you realize it's your fucking kids. Okay. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway. Hey, do we want to, you know, like, intro a podcast today? Let's do it. All right. <clears throat> 
finding my center, finding my motivation. And hey, everybody, welcome back to Marvelous Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions about Marvel. My name is Stephanie. I'm the woman half of the show. And I'm just going to let that trail off into mystery. Look at that. I'm so mysterious. Wow. That certainly was didn't so choke lazy. in that moment. <laughs> that was that was me being deliberately mysterious. Would you go? Uh, who are you? Hey, everybody. I'm Chris, and I am that homo Met Gala House of M sexual, because goddamn. <laughs> and Steph, <clears throat> come here, sugar. <laughs> <laughs> no, plural. Sugars. Sugars, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> does she does she have an accent? I didn't know she had an accent. Does she have an accent? I don't know. Does she have like a tagline? Just like a catchphrase that she says a lot? Apparently. Apparently. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, I think comic artists love uh, catch catchphrases like that so that they can, with a speech bubble on the screen and the character not visible, let you know exactly who said that. So. Yeah, pretty much. That's all. Yeah. All right. Do you have anything you want to talk about before we get into it today? I felt like we talked about a lot, but like, uh, officially... The strikes are over, and I'm so excited it's about that. It's over, baby! I mean, but we're still doing House of M. Right. Okay, the deal, sag after and AMPTP have come to an agreement. The contract has not been finalized and ratified and everything yet. We're still sort of, of in today. a gray area. Um, as of today. Um, we are recording this on a Friday. Um, but they, uh, sag after did tell their people that they can go back to work. So, and that's what we wanted. We wanted people to be able to go back to work and be paid fairly and not have to risk their image being stolen and fed into an AI forever, et cetera, et cetera. And so um, they feel satisfied with the deal. We're happy for them. And so we can talk about stuff. We can talk about struck content. We can talk about all of that. But as Chris said, we are still going to be talking about House of M because we're in the fucking middle of it, man. I got to yeah. quit. I got to bail out now. No. But when we are done with House of M. Uh-oh. What are we talking about, Chris? We're talking about the trickster god himself, Loki. Uh-huh. Right? Loki? Okay. Yeah, Loki. Loki season one. We will be diving into that once we get through with House of M. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I'm I don't so know. scared. Um, I, I want to I give a huge shout out to, to our listeners and our new listeners that we hey. uh, apparently have now from doing the comic books. Um, Steph and I did something very different for us, and I found this to be probably the most challenging thing uh, we've ever done, mm-hmm. but also the most rewarding. I feel like uh, our episodes covering, yes, even Infinity Gauntlet, our episodes were really damn good. And mm-hmm. uh, thank you all for hanging out with us and and supporting us. And I know a lot of people are like asking us to keep doing comic books. And, you know, Steph and I, we haven't really talked about it yet and how we're going to still try to do something along those lines because... Um, I have started to read more comic books as a right, result yeah. of all this, but mm-hmm. um, we can't forget that um, these stories that we love on our TVs and our movie screens came from comic books. Right, and right. Um, thankfully, uh, I've been reading newer comic books, and they have. Uh, I have to say, Marvel's come such a long way, and DC, get your shit together. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> we don't care about DC on this show, though. Um, I care about Batman. She's as well wearing a Batman hat. Right. <laughs> But, um, no, we, we, I would love to continue reading the comics and honoring the source material. Um, but this podcast is about the visual media. Right. Uh, so, but we do have a whole YouTube channel. So, uh, we may, uh, as time permits, I'm, I'm thinking we could do like unleashed episodes and stuff on YouTube talking about, uh, different comic series. We won't be able to do deep, deep dives like we have been able to on the podcast. Yeah. Um, just because we don't have that kind of time. Um, 
But I'd love to keep talking about the comics. Absolutely. Now, this is this has really been enlightening. And uh, it's definitely um, it'll be interesting as we start getting back into the MCU visual stuff to see how having read the comics changes my perspective. Right. On the visual stories that we're getting. Yeah. And you know what? It was nice to talk about X-Men and. Right. I can't wait to get to the movies. Anyway, so <laughs> look, I love X Men Part Two. I love X Men Part Two a lot. I love every moment that Hugh Jackman's on the screen. Oh yeah, and Patrick Stewart. Um, and oh my god, oh my god, right? Oh my god. Anyway, yeah. uh huh, uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just double checking to see if we have any reviews. I don't. Y'all should give us reviews, by the way, your <laughs> listeners. <laughs> reviews help to boost our show in uh, in all the podcast networks and algorithms and stuff like that. So if you haven't already, please do. Um, and I promise not to be an awkward fucking weirdo about it when Chris reads them on the podcast. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I promise to try my best. Yeah, to- right. <laughs> to not let imposter syndrome eat my whole face while he's reading it. Okay. All right. So do we have, is that it? You ready to That's get into it? it? That's it. I'm All ready. Right. Let's do it. So what we're doing on this podcast is we are watching through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe in chronological order. However, we are in the middle of a project that we started because we were standing in solidarity with the WGA and SAG After Strikes. We are talking about the comic book series, House of M from 2005. Specifically today, we are talking about issue number six. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you have an intro? It is, but it's a bit short, so. <clears throat> so am I. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me laugh while I'm trying to do this. Okay. <laughs> me, 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 me. Okay. <clears throat> we'll know when we get there. <laughs> God damn it, Emma. God damn it. Mom. Uh, every superhero ever is gathered in the same room together. <laughs> planning to take on the House of M. But how about some trauma first? Also, who will be the best dressed tonight? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Okay. Um, so, right. Let's talk about the cover of this issue. Okay. Girl. Um, so. <laughs> Girl. I, I laughed my ass off when this cover popped up on my screen and not in like a friendly way. All right. Just just base description. Okay. Again, it, it's still that, that lovely, soft, painterly style that is apparently just the hallmark of this series. We see the city of Genosha in the background. There's a pyramid for some reason. Who cares? Um I think Why not? I, I Why feel not? like I feel like Magneto was like really feeling himself in his Vegas vibes. And so <laughs> that is the Luxor Genosha is what that is. Right. Um we have an array and I feel like what this cover is showing us cuz we already know who's on the I guess good guys team, though that will come into question in this particular issue. Uh but we already know who's on the good guys team. I feel like this cover is showing us who's on Magneto's team. When shit starts going down. Um, yeah. So we've got Magneto front and center in the classic like red and purple Magneto-ness going on. Also, Dr. Doom, Namor, um, that guy from space, he's in the background. Oh, and <laughs> also, I don't know how you could miss them. Storm's boobs are here. Yeah, they're their own character. They're <laughs> they kind of... In- <laughs> 
So they gave her the they gave her the dress, and then they gave her Madonna pointy boobs. No, 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 no. Those boobs are drag queen chest plate boobs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They they are the silicone chest plate that drag queens wear when they want to have actual jiggly boob action going on. That shit ain't real. Okay. That's not. Has, is she channeling the elements to sort of lift and separate? I feel. I feel it. Cause, What's going on? Because it's not even like. They're pointed slightly upwards and split across. So, like, yeah. her chest is yeah. about to be ripped open. It's given her full-on Easty-Westies here. Okay? <laughs> Those things what? are... Tra- what? Those- her boobs are trying to be shoulders. Okay? Like, what the fuck, artists? I can't even remember your names and I don't wanna. Because this is a fucking travesty. They're fucking hilarious. Like, this is this is even more blatant than Emma Frost's camel toe on the last cover. This is, hey boys! Hey, boys! Look over here! Look over here! Look at me! Look up! I'm boobs! You wanna buy this comic because these boobs are definitely gonna be in there. Spoiler alert. We don't see them. She's not even wearing the dress. Okay. Okay, look, you got it. We were—I knew you're were gonna bring it, bring that up, and I have a whole thing about that when we get there. But okay, but uh, yes. this is really bad. <laughs> yeah, seriously, I, I, like her—if you look at it, if you look at the proportion, right? Which is something I'm given to understand, not being like a full-on like human body artist myself, but I'm given to understand that you keep an eye on the proportions from time to time. Her entire left breast is bigger than her waist. Yeah. It's bigger than her head. Right. It's trying to eat her shoulder. <laughs> it's larger than her hips. Mm-hmm. Just the left one. That's Just where the lightning comes out. Yeah. yeah. Well, apparently that's where she stores all the storm clouds. Is inside her breast tissue. Can I make a note, please, yeah. that... In five in a five minute time span, we went from a sincere thank you listener <laughs> moment to her boobs. <laughs> we are who we are. Who yeah. we are. Okay. We have never we have never pretended to be anything else but this bullshit right here. Okay. So I this need to talk. Sincere. So I need to talk about another thing about this cover. Okay. Um, first of all, it's nice to know that Namor likes to wear trunks. It's very nice. Um, <laughs> uh, but. Namor, Doom, and Magneto all have one thing in common. Huh. They are apparently middle-aged gay men who are trying to be influencers. They're all sucking in their gut. Thank you! They're sucking it in so hard. They're sucking it in so hard that they've lifted their rib cage all the way the fuck up. Right. And they're like, and like, what the fuck is that? That's like some bodybuilder pose shit. But oh man, I just I hate it. I hate it for them. Like, but um, at least, but at least, but at least, equality. They look as uncomfortable as Storm does. So, well, no, there's not equality because they gave Storm gigantic boobs. Um, what gigantic thing do you see on these boys? I Nothing. don't see any. Nothing. Right. Right. Smooth as a Ken doll. Yeah. 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 But they have all the genitals. I promise. All the genitals. Where? <laughs> I was making a clumsy Barbie reference because I fucking love that movie and I can't wait to talk about it. Oh my god, I can't wait. Yeah, we need to do a one-off for that one. It was perfection. Mm -hmm. Perfection. Okay, anyway. Anyway. Um, Yeah, no, there's no package. All we're we're meant to look at on these men is the concave belly underneath their uncomfortably distended ribcage. None of them are breathing. No. Nobody on this cover can draw a full breath right now because those (laughs) men are sucking it in so hard and Storm can't because of the weight of her giant silicone chest plate. Yeah. She can't. She can't even. Storm has back problems. 
so bad. Like, she had to go have a lie down after this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I just, ugh. This cover is ridiculous. This is my least favorite cover I of the like issues. It. However, I, I, uh, spoiler, I love this issue a lot. So it's a good one. Yeah. 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 Um, also, also, Pietro is there. He's in the background. He's sulking. Um, and uh, that's boy, kind of stand up straight. You're gonna get. You're gonna have posture issues. He's sulking. I'm sorry, but he's got a mu- sulker gonna sulk, and uh, that's just kind of what he does for this entire issue. And so. I'm fine with that. By the way, be sulking. Yeah. But at least he looks cute. At least he doesn't look like he can't breathe. He is, um, while I enjoy the story of Pietro, um, I don't want to have sex with him. Huh. It, it's something about the super speed powers. I, I, I'm nervous about that. <laughs> You're afraid he's just going to drill a hole right through you? Like right through me. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I, look, I've seen the boys. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like your concerns are legitimate. Yeah, um, yeah. I just, I just can't get past the potential for bi- for vibration. Okay. So, like that keeps him on the roster for me. Like not high, and and certainly not as a solo act. I need somebody in the room who can keep him from drilling holes. One of uh, our uh, Steph, one of our uh, listeners is watching this live record because this is what you get with Patreon. Said uh-huh. Pietro is a friction filled minute man. <laughs> oh it would be over so fast and he would be like already lighting a cigarette before i'm lubed up like it's not a thing it's not good take a viagra dude you need to go more rounds than that 100 percent correct about that anyway um so do we want you want to talk about the comic today yeah okay cool all right so we open up the comic book uh, and we get Agent Drew is flying them, the whole team of the the mind whammied back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Good guys. They're all on the plane with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're flying into the helicarrier. And she radios in. She's like, hey, I'm coming in. And she, of course, gets clearance to land because she fucking works there. Yeah, right. She's part of the Red Guard. Um, and, it, and they just walk off. I think it's a Quinjet. I'm going to call it a Quinjet. I think it's a Quinjet. Sure. They just, they just walk off the fucking Quinjet. Onto the the deck of this helicarrier because Emma Frost is fucking terrifying. She's so powerful. She's scary. Spider-Man, bless him, is like, oh, okay, this is creepy. And Emma's Emma's like, don't worry. They can't hear us. They can't see us. She says, quote, I'm using my mutant powers to protect to project 17 separate mental commands to cover us. They can't see us because I won't let them think they are seeing us. Wow. And Spider-Man's like, yeah, like I said, creepy. Thank you, Peter. Yeah, yeah. Well, he says what we're thinking. That's the guy. Um, (laughs) So they go straight to the command deck of this whole ass helicarrier, right? Uh, And it's fucking mission control in here. There's like a bunch of people and everybody's at screens and they're like dealing with shit and putting out fires. You know, they're they're doing House of Magnus business, Mm -hmm. etc. There's a whole panel that's just different speech bubbles that I feel is different little... Easter eggs for comics readers. Yeah, there's only one I really cared about. Uh huh. Is it? Is it? Go ahead, because I think we we saw the same one. Uh, Natasha Romanoff is on line fifty six. You pick up the fucking phone. Uh huh. And oh, a yes, do that. But b, the gasp I gasped when I saw <laughs> Natasha Romanoff's name get dropped because, like, don't actually maybe don't pick up the line. Maybe we don't need her here right now, um, because she's still in that reality. 
And if you don't mind whammy her fast enough, you're all dead. Yeah, yeah. So, so maybe, maybe we don't involve the widow today. Keep her on hold. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I have um, to, okay. I have to, I have to segue real quick. Um, sure. When I read the Variety article about the possibility of getting some of the old Avengers actors back in to kind of try to save stuff, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I just need one. Yeah. You I really only one. need one. And, and I want it, Natasha back. Exactly. It's not Cap. It's not Thor. It's not even Tony Stark. And I love them. Don't get me wrong. It's Nat. It, it's Nat. I need Nat back. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, they drop a bunch of other names. Um, there was a mention of somebody named Weapon XXXC. It's like the sequel to Weapon X, you know. Sure. <laughs> uh, something called The Brood. Uh, somebody named Garrison Kane. I don't know who any of these people are. I do recognize Agent Sitwell's name. <laughs> Call it in. Oh, Jasper. Anyway, Emma goes all glowy eyes. Uh, and so every she just gets everybody in the room, I guess. And the guy commanding the room goes all glowy eyes, too. And she tells him to set a course for Genosha. And he says, yes, sir. I love that. Because Correct. that's what you say to Emma Frost. Yes, sir. Yep. Yes. Meanwhile, in Genosha. Uh, I have <laughs> I have in my notes, dicks. <laughs> <laughs> there is a plane flying in through a forest of phallic symbols. What the fuck, God Marvel? damn it. I just, no, what the fuck, Magneto? Well, okay. Yeah, sure. We, if we won't buy into the story. But um, artists that are making this comic, you can't give men a silhouette of their groin area but you can make a penis city that's what they did with them all they took them off the characters and turned them into the buildings right right yeah, that's what's happening right. here everyone like maybe we're standing in front of magnetos right now you don't know <laughs> every one of those towers is a monument to the 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 degenitalization <laughs> of a male character in this series yeah 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 and for the record, I re- I recognize not every male has that. And that's that's uh, that's that's fine. I'm mostly making fun of the of the comic book artists right, that right. are drawing women insanely and not doing the same with the men. Right. It's almost like they know their target audiences. Says Headman. <laughs> okay. Sure. Sexism. Okay. So <laughs> the plane is flying through the forest of vegan dicks uh, and it lands and there's like a whole red carpet lined with Genosha guards situation. Magneto is there. He's got Lorna and Pietro and they are waiting to greet whoever's coming off of this plane. The The hatch opens, a little set of steps comes out or something and a single foot steps off the plane and when it touches the ground, did you see the sound it apparently makes according to this comic book? Tomb. Tomb. T-O-O-M. Tomb. What? Like, what? What? Really? Tomb? I've never seen that word before in my life. They've never done a sound effect like this in this comic series so far. And yet there it is. Okay. They're going to do it again later, and it's done. I think think they were going for Tomb. Sure. But there weren't enough O's. And they didn't like make it all vibratey or anything. Like right. it's just boom. There it is. Um, anyway, but, but I quickly moved on from that because the next <laughs> page. Um, my God, my Hi, God, Victor. Hi. Why Hi. would you do this to me? Hey, Victor. How you? Uh, how you doing? Are you single? Are you single? I don't care. <laughs> we can have a conversation about it. 
but <laughs> good lord. So hi, yeah, that's Victor Von Doom. Victor Von Doom is here today. Uh, and we know from the hot mess newspaper article <clears throat> back in like issue three or whatever, uh, that Victor Von Doom is at Genosha because there's a giant fucking House of Magnus gala going on. Uh, and he was rumored to be in attendance. And here he is being in attendance. So he tombs his way off of this fucking plane. Uh, and he walks over to Magnus. And he's like, hi. And Magnus is like, hi, I'm surprised. Uh, I was surprised to get your RSVP. And Doom is like, not as surprised as I was to get invited. Uh, there is oh. one very important detail that we need to talk about. Okay, go. And I'm not just talking about his face and his pecs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, did you see what's on his belt? No. He has a four on his belt. Does he? Yeah. I did not pick that up. Can you tell the, me the significance of that? The implication being is that he could be a member of the Fantastic Four. Huh. Or he has murdered all of the Fantastic Four and has used that as a trophy. I feel like that's more likely. I feel like... I feel like when they made this fantasy world, they were able to pick and choose whose whose wishes get granted. It dooms. And, <laughs> and they were like, the entire Fantastic Four or Doctor Doom, whose wish is Doom. Yeah. Doom gets his wish. Doom wins. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the uh, I have to headcanon that back at Castle Von Doom. Yeah, that's his, that's one of the names of his one of his many. It's castles. about branding, baby. It's, it's about branding. branding. Uh, he has Steve Richards stuffed. <laughs> You think he stretched Reed out as far as he could first? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you think he just has an empty case and he's like, no, trust me, Sue's in there. There is a a fantastic... Because she's invisible, get it? (laughs) Aww. There was a Fantastic Four comic book I read. It's one of the newer ones. And Uh it basically was Doctor Doom daydreaming about how much he hates Richards. And my God. Nice. It is like... Like, he is, like, literally daydreaming about all the different ways he wants to torture him and kill him. And I'm like, girl, therapy. No. No. Can you imagine how much more powerful he would be if he got therapy? Yeah. No, he needs to stay broken. <laughs> Please. Okay. <laughs> Good God. Imagine if Thanos had gotten therapy. All right. It would be so much worse. Anyway, so uh, they uh, posed- ca- uh, One yes. of our, sorry, one of our listeners uh, who's watching our live live show, by the way, Calvin, who we also love Calvin because Hello for Steps uh, podcast. We love them. Um, So in this universe, Reed, Sue, and Johnny all died in the original test flight and gave them their powers. Doom leads the Fantastic Four in this universe. Doom just tried to trap Magnus in a negative zone. What? Huh? Wow. Well, hot shit. Thank you. See, we don't know these things. We are not yeah. comics readers. We don't know these things. That's awesome. Thank you so much for that. I'm going to have to read that one for, you know, reference material. You know, <laughs> you know, you know, you know. By reference material, he means spank bank. So we're clear. Duh. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Um, so Magnus and Doom uh, pose for an uncomfortable photo op with the press that are there while Pietro is sulking and scowling in the background. Seems to be kind of his bag. In this yep. issue. Meanwhile, back on the helicarrier, uh, Emma Frost is just casually keeping them all hidden well enough for them to get lunch in the commissary. Okay. <laughs> and while they're all sitting around chatting, getting something to eat, off to the side, Luke Cage swipes somebody's cell phone off of a table. Mm. And he's calling information, trying to get a number for Jessica Jones. I don't know what he thinks he's going to say. He just wants to hear her voice, Steph, because he loves her. A fucking... I fucking uh, almost teared up, like, like, 
This is um, um this is such a human moment here. Right. This is uh, one of my favorite parts of the comic right here. So he calls. Uh, he, he gets connected to the Jessica Jones number and her answering. Well, uh, she picks up uh, and he hears, hi, this is Jessica. And he starts to talk. And then he hears another voice go, and Scott, leave a message at the tone. Ugh. So Jessica Jones, that was her answering machine because back in the day, kids, you had a machine. Pick up, record mess. Anyway, um, and she's got a man. She's got a whole life. And so he just hangs up. And for some reason, when he hangs up, it says boop. <laughs> uh, the comic writers need to check their amanama pias, whatever, however you pronounce that word. <laughs> One more time? No. <laughs> Fuck you. Onomatopoeia. Thank you. Onomatopoeia. Yeah. It's one of those words that is confusingly complicated um, because it just means a word that means a sound, right? Right. Uh, right. But like, why is it so long and sounds like nothing else? Like, why is onomatopoeia <laughs> not also its own onomatopoeia? Um, it's kind of like how, why is the word abbreviation so long? Right. You know, it doesn't make sense. Anyway, um, so he hangs up and he's got Spider-Man sitting right next to him. And the, I, th- I feel like they're in the uh, brooding about women corner. Well, Spider-Man's situation is way complicated right now. It's so, this poor fucking guy. Because Peter Parker is a good man. Oh my god. He's a good man. And he is now in in an untenable situation. Whoa. What? Uh, So Amanda, another one of our listeners said, the Scott in question on the machine is Scott Lane. What? 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 You're telling me you picked Scott Lane over Luke Cage? Okay, girl. I get the feeling Luke Cage never happened. Like, yeah, like that's not, if you had met Luke Cage first, you don't break up with him and go to Scott Lang. No, no offense, Scott, but. No, you're, you're lovely, but no. Um, wow. I had no idea. God, I love having you guys on the line. Right. Thank, thank you. Things. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. 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 So, uh, Spider-Man's like, so, um, did she answer? <laughs> and Luke <laughs> is like, I don't even know why I did that. Because, yeah, like, what, what were you going to say? What Hi, were you going to say? Hi. You don't know me, but in an alternate reality, you're having my baby? Like, how? Anyway. I mean, if, if Luke Cage were to call me and be like, hey, baby, I'm like, I love you. <laughs> I already have a wedding dress on. Where, where do I meet you? What's I'm like, I'm like Homer in the wedding dress going down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so... Uh, Luke Cage is like, so did you get a hold of Mary Jane? And Spider-Man's like, and tell her what exactly? Because look, the situation he's in, it's so fucking messed up for him. Because Gwen Stacy is alive again. Right, his first love. Yeah, and is his wife and is the mother of his child. But he still has the full suite of memories where he's with Mary Jane Watson. Right. But correct me, y'all in the chat, help me out here. Because I think... In the reality where Mary Jane is with with Peter Parker, she's a struggling actress in New York, I think. Help me out. Uh, but in this comic, she's a fucking Hollywood superstar. Right. So he's like, what am I going to tell her? That w- if we're together, she's so much less successful. A- and Luke is like, that doesn't mean that being with you is what made her unsuccessful. He's like, isn't it, though? Isn't it, though? Um, wow. Wow. Yeah. Like, what? how the conflict in Peter Parker right now, because if he resets reality, he has to chain Mary Jane to him and take her away from her success. And also, Gwen Stacy dies again. Like, how is that even something that you can decide on? 
the Fuck. this is such a, a huge part of the story and my god the trauma i always i always forget how much trauma spider-man go- has yeah it's yeah. unbelievable this is so cruel like yeah. this whole this whole thing was so fucking cruel to him but not not they putting him in this alternate reality this new reality that's not the cruel part the cruel part was waking him up oh that's what and we will get to it okay oh uh-huh so yeah um spider-man luke cage traumatized by the entire situation good good uh but it's okay because scott summers is here to make a not at all problematic speech oh my god scott holy uh- shit so last episode, we were kind of talking about how we didn't know that Scott was such a pig. And Steph, I did some research. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. He's awful. The com- comic book comic yeah. book Cyclops is awful. Cool. <laughs> like, why isn't he a villain? I feel like we see shades of it here. Uh, because yeah. there's something, oh, my God. There's something so fucking hypocritical about this motherfucker right now. Okay, let's get into it. So he's like, okay, so... Big hero leader speech time. And I'm like, sit down then and let Emma talk. Who are you right now? Mm -hmm. But all right. He's like, okay, I have been a team leader on the X-Men since I was a teenager. And I've always been the advocating for tactical restraint guy. I've always been the moral high ground. Don't hurt anybody excessively. Don't fucking destroy everything. Bullshit. <coughs> God, sorry, is, I'm sorry. What is that bullshit? Well, yeah. that's that's the that's what he's spewing right now. He's like, yeah. I've always been that guy, but if we lose today, we lose everything, everything we've ever fought for, everything, every every time we've been hurt, every everything. It all means fucking nothing if we lose. And I'm not. I'm like, are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? Are you sure? Keep talking, Scott. I'm sure you'll dig your ho- your way out of this hole. It'll be fine. And he says, so, quote, whatever restraint or personal boundaries you usually put on yourself in the name of good or right, well, I think there's no place for any of that here in the fight we have in front of us. We can't lose this. We have to win. And to do that, you, all of you, are going to have to fight without any restraint. Does anyone disagree? What the fuck? What the fuck? Why did you have to say that out loud? Nobody disagrees, though. No, of course not. Oh, no. And of course, who's the first person that's going to talk after that super awkward speech? Uh, You know what this is? This is um, 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 where, say we're at a LARP and somebody, like the, the person running the game is like, okay, guys, here are the rules. Let's have fun. Let's have a great moment. And there's that awkward player that tries to stay up. They're like, "Yeah, guys, we're gonna we're gonna stay in character. We're gonna have fun and blah 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 blah." And you're I know like, exactly who you, whose voice you're doing right now. That's you, awesome. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> Don't take my picture; it steals my soul. That oh, guy, remember him? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Quickest Y'all. way to hustle that man out of the room was to hold up a camera. The Wait. only time oh. I ever wanted to fist fight somebody at a fucking LARP. Uh, so, okay, I have to tell the story. Oh, shit, okay. Well, we've been derailed. Continue. Yeah, I'm sorry, because you you, uh, you triggered a memory, and now I have to talk about it. <laughs> there is this four-foot, five elf he was, like, he was definitely f- just under five foot. He was little. He looked like a demon elf. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> Look, I got no... Like, his height is not the problem, no, okay? The fact the- that he was a horrible fucking person. That was the problem. Who who needed to uh, learn about how to get rid of dandruff. 
It again, was bad. Again, it was bad. dandruff is not the problem. We can't. Oh, his no. physicality was not the issue. It's the fact that he was a demon. <laughs> he was awful. He was awful. He was so rude to everybody. I'm so he glad he stopped He was a serial sexual harasser. He was awful. Yeah. Uh, so he was arguing with somebody about the rules and the, the rule books uh, that we used. They were like these like uh, small pocket sized ones that were soft. Mm-hmm. And he was waving the book around. Uh-huh. And I walked up onto the conversation. And when he waved the book back, it hit me right in the fucking face. Y'all, you do not do that. Okay, Chris, Chris, you see the creature you see before you now, the person that you're hearing in your ears, this Christopher is a civilized being. But let us never forget that he grew up in San Antonio, Texas. Okay, that all you have to do, there's there are certain buttons on him that you can push that will let the hood right out. Yeah, and that's one of them. I mean, yeah, like I'll, I throw down. I have been in many fights. I, uh-huh. I, I, I was in an abusive home. I once uh, had my uh, stepfather uh, try to break a chair on my back, and I was so angry that I didn't feel it, and I picked his ass up and threw him down the stairs. All right, I, I, I am a very violent. When I lose my shit, which thankfully I haven't done in a while, but when I lose my shit, I lose my shit. So this kid was in danger. Uh-huh. I don't remember who it was, but somebody pulled me away. That they was saw me. me. They saw me clench my fists, and I was like, "Uh huh." That and was I had, me. <laughs> and I had to sit on the front balcony and smoke a whole pack of cigarettes before I was able to like re- retain any sense of like uh, uh, normalcy. Yeah, he yeah. was an awful person, and he talked like that. This is not an exaggeration. This was actually his voice. Yeah, and so it became our default, like making fun of nerds' voice. Maybe um, that's not the rules. Maybe that's why Ch- Charles triggers me so much. Anyway. <laughs> no, Charles's voice is much more like this. <laughs> Christopher, <laughs> do you understand? I don't know if you've read... <laughs> if you've read all of the Legends books like I have, but I'm going to recite them to you in their entirety right now. That's Charles. See? It's a different voice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get back on track now with this Yes, yes, book? yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, so Logan is like, hey, Scott, now that you've made it very uncomfortable, what's the plan? Sparky, which he always calls him Sparky, or Sparky or Sparkles. (laughs) Okay, Mm -hmm. Uh, and Scott's like, okay, we're going to have three teams, and Spider-Man's like, hold on, hold on, I'm sorry, and I totally think that he's about to say, are we really talking about just balls to the wall slaughtering people? Is Is that where you're going? That's what I thought. My Spider-Man was going to say in this moment. (laughs) But no, he just wants to clarify. Are we trying to put the world back? Can we even do that? That's a good question, though. Yeah. Should we be doing this in the first place? Not should we. Can we? He's Mm -hmm. not asking should. He's asking if it's even possible. That's a different question. And Emma serving uh, parent driving the kids on a very long road trip realness. Uh We'll know when we get there. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, her infinite well of patience. Uh, Carol Danvers is like, okay, but what if, what if we try to do this and we fail? Uh Uh-oh. Do we just keep on living as the only people in this world who know it's not right? Fair question. Fair question. And Emma, again, we will know when we get there. Right. Kitty Pride, she's like, okay, but are we even supposed to do this? Are we, because this isn't like... Isn't putting the world back just as bad as what has already been done to it? This isn't like stopping a bomb from going off. This is setting off another bomb because the bomb already went off. Right. What we're trying to do here. So, like, are we even supposed to? Right. 
Should we just leave it be, is what she's asking. And Agent Drew is like, hey, I'm here with your final point, which is, who's even hurt by this anyway? Oh, my gosh. Right. And there's like a half a page of just her talking. And I had to zoom in and and focus because it's a lot, but it's very linear, so it's easy to get through. So, okay. Yeah, I was able to read it. Right. Yeah. Um, so this was actually well formatted. Thank you, everybody, who did that. The TLDR. She points out Magneto gave everyone in the world what they always wanted, and we all got to be happy for fucking once. He wanted to get what he wanted, so he gave everybody what they wanted. Okay? So maybe, maybe... This moment where mutants are ascendant and are the dominant species on the planet, maybe this was supposed to happen. Maybe this moment is like the meteor that hit the planet and took out the dinosaurs. And this act of psychic fuckery that has swept the planet is how Homo sapiens goes extinct and Homo superior becomes the new dominant species on the planet. Maybe this is supposed to happen. And maybe we were all better off. Huh? Meanwhile, Logan's like, you know, you're going to regret saying that, and you're also going to regret saying that. Yeah. M- more than regret, he says, you're going to be really embarrassed you said that out loud. I love him. <laughs> and she's like, whatever, Logan. You're just saying that because you're not sure if I'm right or wrong, and that scares the shit out of you. Here's the thing about that, though. She totally misunderstands Logan in this uh-huh. situation. Uh-huh. It's not that Logan wasn't happier. Logan's uh, through Logan's life, he's had uh, he's been given extra power, all these opportunities forced on him to have a better life, etc. It wasn't consensual, right? And Logan, he just wants a choice. Logan wants consent. If yeah. you make Logan do, there are very few people who can make him do something, and he won't go back and kill them afterwards, mm-hmm. even if it's something that benefits him. Oh shit! <laughs> Is that why I like him so much? And now I'm per- and and now I am personally attacked by Logan. <laughs> Shit, yeah. He j- and you know I really feel like uh, Logan is a good as a paragon, a poster boy for consent. Love that. Um, if anybody ever tries to do something to your body without your permission, go back and kill him. I didn't say that. I'm not advocating for murder. Whoa, I'm saying Logan whoa. said that. I'm saying Logan says that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Fictionally, yeah. fiction, fiction. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so after all of this, after all of this perspective, because like, holy shit, what if they're right? Seriously, though. Who Silence hurt, in the room. Who was hurt by this? Who wasn't happier before? Well, homo sapiens, for one. <laughs> right. Just the majority of the planet. Mm-hmm. Right. So eek, it's a little awkward. Anyway. Like, uh, if you were to ask Hank Pym, <laughs> maybe, like, flashback to the whole conversation between Hank Pym and Hank McCoy, who oh I noticed God. they didn't go fetch, by the way. Uh, yeah, where are they? We had to look, dude. The cast is huge. <laughs> okay. They had to get everybody who was in the vicinity of New York, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, Hank Pym would probably tell you that he was, he 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 he's not happier now. Okay, this is not a better situation for him. So, okay, so there is silence in the room. And Emma Frost goes, look, we have to try. We have to find Xavier. And that seems to decide the moment for everyone. Uh, Spider-Man has to take a moment and walk away. Because they're going to do this. They're going to go through with this. And he's going to have to keep fucking 
processing his complicated ass situation, this poor fucking guy. And all of this, all of this deep introspection, all of these excellent philosophical points, all of this that has been thrown out on the table. Scott Summers go, is like, ugh, are y'all done? Anyway, okay, three teams. <laughs> like, oh, my Jesus. God. Um, uh, Calvin did call something out, uh, huh. by the way. And actually, just read this. Um, Hank Pym is actually a fascist in this universe. He tried oh. to he tried to murder a shit ton of people, and Tony stopped him. Oh, so he really was like uh, he really doesn't like mutants and really okay. does want to kill them all. All right, well, no more sympathy for Hank Pym then. And this yeah. is stuff that I'm assuming is covered in the side comics. Yeah, these are the all spin-offs. side comics. There's I, I've started to read them. There's a lot of side stuff, like. You know, this was this is the main story, but like they're they have all these extra side side characters. <clears throat> Please buy our comic books. Please buy them all. <laughs> <laughs> you notice that the little the little blurb at the beginning is just getting longer and longer, and the print is getting smaller and smaller. It's because we want you to buy the other comics. Look, uh, I can't recommend Marvel Unlimited enough because not only it's can good. I read all the Star Wars comic books, but you can go back and read all these different things. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right. So, meanwhile, in Genosha. What? It's the fucking Genosha Met Gala. Okay. It's a big event. Press and paparazzi everywhere. Ultimate glam. Uh, there's the red carpet. It's very la di da. And it's, of course, happening at night. So we can clearly see, I guess that's a Quinjet flying in in front of the moon. Yep. Uh, and so there's a speech bubble coming out. Or it's out a helicarrier, the- actually. Well, no, because the helicarrier is elsewhere. This thing is not big enough to be the helicarrier. Okay. That I'm seeing in front of the moon. It doesn't look like it to me. Yeah, it looks like the helicarrier to me. Okay, well, you're wrong. So, uh, <laughs> whatever vehicle that is, it's got a They're speech flying. bubble. It's got a speech bubble coming out of it that says, so why three teams, Scott? Good question. And, okay, I've got, I had to break this down into pieces because, um, it's very cinematic. They do a lot of cutting back and forth between Scott talking and um, the the people being announced, the special dignitaries being announced, uh, their arrival at this fucking gala event. So we're going to he's going to break it down and I'll get to him in a second. But while he's talking, the big names that are announced as being present at this event and making their grand entrances onto the red carpet, King T'Challa of the African Commonwealth of Wakanda. Hey, daddy. Hey, King of Latveria, Victor Von Doom, in full uh, Von Doom gear. Yeah. Also, uh, 10 out of 10, That Victor's not there. That's a fucking robot. <laughs> you think? Uh, it's Dr. Doom. He's not... He, he took he took his photo op, mm-hmm. and I'm not even sure if, like, uh, maskless uh, Dr. Doom is not a cyborg. Um, right. He's, he's, he's not there. And Maybe that's what the tomb meant. That meant that that's oh, a Oh, because he's so heavy. Right? Look, if I could do what Victor can do and create a robot and go do shit for him, I'm there. Okay. Okay. We'll see how things unfold. I don't yeah. know. I have not read ahead. Uh, Princess Aurora of Kenya, who is not wearing the red dress. Okay. And so I knew you were going to say that. And so at a Met Gala kind of event, which is what this is based on, you have more than one outfit. She is ready for four or five costume changes. <sighs> So it goes. I, I sure. I personally think that the red dress was just invented so that they could showcase her boobs uh, sure. in the previous issue and on this cover, and uh, it will never appear again. Um, if she wore that red dress with that necklace that she's wearing in this picture, her boobs would pop. They would be hoisted <laughs> upward, and her necklace would cut into them, and then boom. And we don't need that right now. No. No. 
Uh, that would be a, a deflation emergency on the red carpet. <laughs> anyway, also there is King Namor of the Kingdom of Atlantis with his very aquatic plus one. Um, why isn't he in his undies right now? Like he because, is on the comic? Because everybody, well, no, nobody is wearing what's on the fucking cover. Okay. okay? Nobody. Everybody's wearing like super fancy ceremonial hoojabooja. Like it's a, it's a lot. There's a lot. I just need more male nudity in my comics. <clears throat> I can't argue with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So while all, while they're making their entrances and all of that's going on, we have Scott's plan. Okay. Okay. Scott's like, we need three teams because they're going to figure out we're here if they don't already know because we hijacked a goddamn helicarrier to get here. Right. So team number one is Emma, Layla, and Cloak. Cloak is their transport. Their job is to bamf around and find Charles Xavier, if he's even still alive, and do the psychic whammy thing to wake him up. Right. Uh, and he offers Emma some more, like, support, more of a team. And she's like, no, nah, we're fine. Cool. <laughs> team number two is just Doctor Strange. Yeah. Because in the past, he has been able to reach Wanda Maximoff on the astral plane and actually mm-hmm. deal with her as an equal in that space. So his job is to find her now and figure out what the fuck happened. Uh, and he also turns down the offer for more backup. Okay. That means team number three is everybody else. And their job is to keep the House of Magnus occupied. The who? The House of Magnus, the last big names announced at this gala. Uh, it's the House of Magnus. It's a whole big thing. And there, sitting on an honest-to-God throne, is Magneto in all his finery. I have my notes. Um, I wish to be the little boy sitting on his lap. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're... Sh- that's... <sighs> But not as a little boy. I would. I, I want to. Yeah, sit you in, need in, to start clarifying. Real quick. <laughs> I, I want to be in Magneto's because lap. you icked me the fuck out. Look at him. Who the little Magneto. boy? Magneto. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. No. Damn it. That's a whole whole body ick. You're stat. To clarify, you would like to be an adult man. Right. Sitting on that adult man's lap. Oh, teenage! Right I know it would have been gross for for, Mag, for Magnus, but um, teenage me would still sit in his lap. I mean, look I at need him. you to, to to default to adult man here. Eighteen year old already 18, made it fucking eighteen weird. year old and up me would. Go. Okay, Jesus Christ, Christopher. <laughs> okay, Steph. I don't know if you knew this, but even as a teenager, I was attracted to older men. That's fine. That's fine. But the thing, the reason, the reason I'm getting a full body ick here, y'all, is the little boy that is sitting on Magnus's lap. A, it's the black eyed child from earlier, and his twin Ugh. is standing next to him. Right. But everybody is in like full on Met Gala fancy ass finery. These two are in schoolboy uniforms. I don't like that at all. Like a little shirt, a little tie, and little shorts, which is what, ma- which is kind of fetishy. And so that oh, made the gross. image of you sitting there. In, in my, sco- my schoolboy uniform. See? You see how I'm icked out now? Thanks for ruining it for me, Steph. You're welcome. Not the first time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so Lorna is also there. Um, Pietro is there. He's looking insufferable. Um, he also looks so much like his daddy in this one. I I support this. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Um, but also, standing next to Magnus, that's Wanda. Hello. She is completely covered, except for her boobs. <laughs> like, she's in a fantastically elaborate red gown with a whole headdress that covers the majority of her face. So all you can see on this woman is, like, her mouth and her boobs. 
Well, Steph, how do you know that she's a woman if she didn't have giant boobs? How are we supposed to know that that's Wanda if we don't see that she's got just the poppinest pop and cleavage pop pop? Like, God damn it. That was so unnecessary. Yeah. Like, she's clearly there as an object, right? She's right. not even meant to be a person. She's there. She's almost, it almost feels like a trophy, you know? Right. Um, and so you could have covered her boobs. Why? Because this is obviously, to me, uh, an outfit designed by Magneto. Why does he need her tits out like that? Oh, it's even worse. See? And that's because he wouldn't. A father would not. Uh, a good father would not. But comic book artists are like, that's a girl, boop, boop. Ta-da! Ta-da! Yeah, yeah. Ta-da! Yeah. And I just, I don't know why Pietro doesn't have a similar cutout somewhere on his outfit. If we're gonna, if we're gonna expose Wanda's whole damn chesticle area, why doesn't Pietro also have like a, just like a chest panel? Like a little, right. a little freshly shorn waxed chest moment sticking out of his jacket. Why, Chris? Why? I don't know. Sexism. That's why. I ask you questions to which I already know the answer. Sexism. Well, you do that partially because I'm dumb and I don't usually know the answer. You're so pretty, though. <laughs> I am pretty. <laughs> anyway, so House of Magnus is there on this whole throne situation. Everything is fine. The party's going to go great, except incoming fancy-ass Sentinel comes crashing down out of the sky. It's clearly already been busted somehow. So, sidetrack, um, yeah. I was in a park reading this, and oh. right when I got to this page, there was a little kid running by going, Zoom! So now I can't unhear... <laughs> That sound effect when I hear this, see this page. That, that's the sound that a crashing sentinel makes. One more time. <laughs> <laughs> that's canon. That's it. Mm-hmm. Suck it up, Marvel Studios. That's what you got to use from now on. We will charge you a reasonable fee for sampling that sound. Anyway, okay. so the sentinel is made of metal. So yeah. it's, not a, it's not a concern for Magneto. Well, Magneto and Lorna. They right. both have magnet powers, so so they stop it. It's a really cool panel, though, because you get it. the zoom out with the whole like nightscape of of Genosha City. And these things are fucking huge. They're fucking. Huge. It's like having a skyscraper thrown at you, right? right. So this there's this. So I'm gesturing like the people on the podcast can can see this. You can't, but our patrons who are watching this record this live can see. Okay, so there's this this sentinel is like angled down at the ground and it's just frozen there in space and it's gloriously silhouetted against the moonlight and everything shout out to the artist that was a hell of a panel yeah and it's just and it's just frozen there because you know magnet powers (laughs) anyway um so that was the opening gambit the fight is on yeah that was just a flare (laughs) yeah that that was just that was just the pyrotechnics at the start of the wrestling match that's all that was yep 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 Um, yep so this first, okay, so you turn the page and you get a big splash page, full full spread, okay? At first glance, this page is very cool, okay? At first glance. Logan yeah. is right there, and he's all rawr in the front, and I live for those mm-hmm. moments. It's It looks great, but then you start looking at the details. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we've got Rogue and Shadowcat. They're there, okay? Shadowcat, formerly known as Blondie McKip Hugger Jeans. <laughs> And they uh, have each decided to um, to take the blind the enemy with my midriff approach to this fight. <laughs> because they are advancing just, just bare midriff first into right. this fight. Which right. I feel like is a bad idea because it's a fight. 
And you right. need the organs and things that are inside your midriff, like your guts and your spine, all of those things. So maybe don't expose those directly to the enemy. Yeah. But that's not the most problematic one. Hold on. I know. She-Hulk. Girl. Smack in the middle of this image. She-Hulk. Apparently, she was like, okay, we're doing the midriff thing. All right. But then her right breast was like, charge! (laughs) (laughs) I have in my notes, how embarrassing for She-Hulk to go into a battle and have your right boob pop out. (laughs) It is dragging her into this fight. It's like, bitch, come on, let's go. And it's just pulling her in there. I guess tape isn't a thing. Why is she wearing this, A? Uh, But B... Seriously, the way that it is drawn, because this artist does seem to have a general understanding of boob physics. It might be porn boob physics. It might be anti-gravity boob physics. But he's got a grasp of right. boob, a grasp of boob physics. <laughs> you ever hear yourself saying something and just go, oh, really? <laughs> anyway, but seriously, her right boob is pulled forward. Like it is going faster than her. Into into this fray. Very strange. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the other women on this page, they all look fierce. They're fine. Okay. Agent Drew, Mystique, Carol, they're fine. Matt Murdock is there with his cane. He's over in the corner of the screen, of the screen, of the, of the image with Iron Fist and Luke Cage. So what's up, Defenders? How you doing? Right. But way in the back, way in the back behind Scott, there's Tony Stark. (laughs) Yeah. In, ju- in just like a jacket <laughs> and some pants. Was, what's Tony going to do here? He's like, why am I here? What's happening? Exactly. They didn't pack an Iron Man suit for him or anything. So they, they are coming out of the Sentinel, right? Like they use the Sentinel as like a... Oh, is a, that a, what's going on? Yeah, okay. a Trojan okay. horse. So I had canon that Tony got whiskey drunk again and passed out <laughs> and passed out in the Sentinel and wakes up and he's like, oh shit, there are other superheroes in oh, here. Shit. Wait, where am I? <laughs> maybe, maybe, I don't, like I said, I haven't read ahead. Maybe he'll hijack the Sentinel and and make that be oh. his giant Iron Man suit. I don't know. But right now, what the fuck is Tony Stark supposed to do here? He's just a guy. He's always been just a guy, he's though. He'll figure it out. He's always been just a guy. He'll figure he's, it out. He's always needed technology to make himself capable of being in these situations without death. Well, I'm sure, I, look, he has nanotech in the MCU movies, so I'm sure he has something similar here. I guess we'll find out. Anyway, turn the page. (laughs) Turn the page. We have another splash page. Because it's a big fight. It's the big fight. Okay? It's all the heroes and all the villains. Here we go. All of Magneto's guards are mutants, and I don't know why that surprised me. Um, Chewbacca is apparently one of them. Um, I thought he was Gorilla Grodd for a second, and then I realized that's DC. That's DC. (laughs) He's not here. (laughs) It's a crossover. He's voiced by Powers Booth, though. That's pretty great. What? Anyway, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> in Justice League, mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the, ep- the episodes where Gorilla Grodd teams up with Lex Luthor is a Powers Booth, uh, Clancy Brown talking to each other situation. It's unfair. And my pants just melt right off my body <laughs> for a kid's show. Yeah, I'm a terrible <laughs> There's person. some hoes in this house. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, so there's a fight. Yeah, it's a fight. All right. So Magneto's guards, they're mutants. They're fighting. There's so much chaos. Um, shit's going on. I actually have a difficult time reading this because I'm not sure if I'm supposed to read the panels from left to right. Yeah, this was the one page where I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's happening. Like if you try to read from left to right, the panels like stair step up. 
So then I'm reading from bottom to top and like that, that doesn't compute in my brain. Yeah. So I'm just like, yes, montage. Anyway, the point is Magneto. Okay. Scott spots Magneto. He's not hard to see. Okay. He's the silver daddy in the pseudo military dress uniform over there. And he screams Magneto. And then he just fucking laser eyes the shit out of Magneto until there's nothing left but a scorched hole in the ground. What? No. What? Surely the fuck not. Surely the fuck not. Magneto's not dead right now. I doubt it. That's fucking ridiculous. Magneto's been hit by his eye ray many times. That's just, there's no fucking way. There's no mm-hmm. fucking way. And also, what if, ooh, ooh. Okay, fan theory, probably not going to turn out to be accurate. But what if the reason Victor Von Doom was invited to this is so that he could also give Magneto a robot. A robot him to be there. But Doom's then he wouldn't not, be able to have used his magnet Doom's powers. Doom's not going to help him. Right. And then he wouldn't have been able to use his magnet powers to stop the thing. So, you know, scratch that. Anyway, yeah. Lorne is like, Daddy, no. Oh, my God. You can see Pietro in the background. He's cradling Wanda because Wanda's just human right, right now. Supposedly. Which also makes it extra gross that she's like completely identity erased there. She's like the token trophy human. Right. In this family? Ew. Uh, anyway, <laughs> no idea where the little boys are. They are conveniently not being drawn. In this situation. Oh, they're dead. We move on. (laughs) Because they're black-eyed children and they're terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Namor and Storm are standing there all like, what? And then we see a mysterious someone sort of off-panel going, okay, Scotty, you said no holding back. Here's some no holding back. Come here, sugars. And, of course, it's Rogue. And she's decided. She's decided. She's like, no gloves, bare hands. She tackles Namor and Storm. Which At the same time. I would happily do, too. Right, yeah. What if I could? Look, you're not wrong. I mean... When you're, when you're right, you're right, and you're right. They're hot. But that's, but that's not her goal here. She's no. She is going to go ahead and absorb both of their powers at the same time, I guess. Cool. Okay. That That's... Look, that's fucking bad. Can we agree that that's bad? Yeah. I feel like that's, that's not bad. The, that's not a mix of powers I would want to have. Especially if I don't have control over them. Which right. Rogue like, tends to forget what, that. What fucking tsunami is she going to pull here? Tsunami right. full of sharks or something? Because now, technically, Namor's Rogue power has, is he can talk to fish. Rogue has borrowed Storm's powers a lot. So, oh, yeah. So, um, but, but in this world, has yeah. she? Well, she has her memories. Well, so. she's got her memories. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It might not be, but I feel like this is terrible. Yeah. Anyway, all of that is chaos and noise and bloodshed. Meanwhile, Emma. <laughs> So Cloak, um, who I just fucking love, like what a dude. He's so helpful, right? I love Cloak. He's being, he's just fucking great. And this is, this right here, this moment right here is why Cloak is in this comic series. Because we needed somebody who could just teleport around and move stuff. How funny is it, by the way, that we pick two different comic book series where Cloak is featured? Uh, Yeah. I mean, we didn't do a whole fucking lot in the last one, but yeah. Yeah. I know, I know. Anyway, uh, so Cloak drops Emma and Layla off in a quiet, moonlit courtyard that we have seen before. Aw. How did they know to go here, is what I want to know. We'll know when we get there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In my notes, it says, how did they know? Do we care? Psychic, psychic, something, something. Fast and Furious Marvel. Yeah. Uh, So 
Layla is like, um, what's that noise? And Emma's like, that's the fight. And she's like, is that screaming? Yeah, that's And Emma says, focus, focus. (laughs) (laughs) We need to find and then record scratch. Everything in Emma's world comes to a screeching halt because she looks over and sees the Xavier Memorial Garden Stone. The one that has a plaque that says he died so Genosha could live. I love Layla's uh, reaction to Emma freaking out. Like, is that bad? <laughs> that seems like it might be bad. Is that bad? <laughs> Meanwhile, Emma, who has been calm, cool, collected, totally unflappable and driven this whole time, just collapses to her knees sobbing. So, yeah, Layla, it's bad. It's yeah, bad. Yeah. Cloak, though. He's like, hmm. And he assesses the situation. And then he just like into the ground. He disappears. He's just what gone. Uh, and then he. And, and Layla's like, oh, man, he's not going to drag up some bones, is he? It's <laughs> like, a legitimate. Here's the, he's going to, like, weekend at Bernie's Charles Xavier's corpse? No. Well, I, I was I had canon that she, he was going to come up with his head and go, hi, hi, Emma. <laughs> like, Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> like, oh, I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. Oh, my God. Puppet show. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, we're, we're broken people here. Okay. <laughs> anyway, he pops up uh, back up out of the ground and Layla's like, ah, and same. Um, and he says, there's nothing here. Right. There's no coffin. There's no body. There's no Xavier. He says, quote, it's not over yet. To be continued. Except here's the thing, Cloak, and I don't know if you've considered this. <clears throat> Most people are not physically buried underneath their memorial courtyard plaque. They're buried somewhere else. And this is just a piece of a sign so that you can remember them. Huh. Saying. Huh. Like if there's, I've got a park around in my neighborhood that has a memorial bench. I guarantee you, the person that was his name is on that bench is not under the bench. I mean, that's I, I, you're right. You're absolutely right. But I suppose for the expediency of this particular comic book universe, that's where he would be buried if he was dead. <laughs> but it does, you know. I didn't think about this before, but I'm thinking about it now. Magneto has created this world through, you know, the exploitation of his daughter and Charles's powers, but he's created the world in exactly the image he could ever possibly want it to be, which also comes calls into question the way he dresses his daughters. But he has put this stone here where it's within easy walking distance of his brooding garden so he can look at it every day and remember that Charles is dead. He's doing that to himself. That's his punishment. He's punishing Magneto's himself. not okay. Magneto has Magneto, regrets. Uh, uh, look, girl, he's gone through some shit. I mean, he is a Holocaust survivor. I'm just saying. With this particular scenario, though, the whole reality warping situation that he's done, he's not okay with it. I think it weighs on him. He has his own doubts and his own regrets. I look forward to uh, learning more about that as we yeah, go to yeah. the next issue. Next Do issue. Do you have anything else for House of M issue number six? I love this issue so much. It was good. It's my favorite. This has been my favorite comic we've read thus far. Right. Yeah. Um, the Spider-Man Luke Cage moment was my favorite. Um, Victor Von Doom, call me, please. I will do whatever you ask. Any, (laughs) anything. Cause goddamn. Wow. Okay. Okay. I am a power sexual. You know what? I can't argue with that. You definitely are. So. That's just you being honest with yourself and everybody who listens to this Look, podcast. Look, I am Lana Del Rey. I fuck my way to the top. I don't. 
You don't know that song? It's a great song. I, I think of you every time I hear that song. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, how am I fucking my way to the top, baby? I am the top. <laughs> well, at least one of us is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so do you have anything else for this issue? No? Uh, no, no. I loved it. Awesome. That's it's it. so fucking good. Yeah. It's so, uh, uh, so the good. Boobs, the boobs aside. Okay, the exploitation of female bodies to keep male I mean, interest in the story aside. You know what? That's just, Steph, that's just normal. Why don't you, you know, why don't you just accept it? Why don't it? you just, just, just accept it? Just, accept that oh. women's bodies are here to be looked at and nothing else you do or say matters. Right. Your job is to keep male eyes on the page so that they will read and buy these comic books. So like, and here comes one of Steph's favorite lines ever. So like, get over it. <sighs> That was your fucking boyfriend who said that, by the way. Oh, God, don't remind me. Oh, my God. He had a nice butt. What can I say? He really did. That was an extraordinary ass. It's amazing how much we both put up with because of that ass. That's it. There it is. Yeah. (sighs) Lessons learned. Anyway, okay, are we done here? Can we outro? We're done. We're done. We're done. Okay. I'm going to outro now. All right? All right? You good? You good? Okay. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. To our patrons who are watching this happen live, uh, thank you for hanging out with us and for coming in clutch with the information. We appreciate that. Um, If you, uh, any of you, would like to hang out with us in between episodes, you totally can. Uh, We're on all the social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, the artist formerly known as Twitter, and TikTok as at Marvelous underscore Divas. Uh, And if you haven't done so already, you really should subscribe to our podcast. We're available Mm -hmm. on every podcast platform ever. Uh, also, please leave us a review. Tell your friends about us. It really helps uh, the algorithm and whatever. Uh, we do have a YouTube channel. Uh, if you do a search for Dark Side Divas and subscribe there, we do have visual media stuff on there. Uh, we do talk about Marvel stuff as well. Mm-hmm. I have a strong feeling we're going to be doing a lot more stuff on that channel. We're already playing Baldur's Gate yeah. together, which is it's fucking true. hilarious. Um, <laughs> also, <laughs> um, also, where am I? Oh. Uh, we have a swag store, redbubble.com forward slash official divas. You can buy t-shirts, stickers, mugs, of our logos, and the funny shit that we say. Mm-hmm. And last but certainly not least, we have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash divas podcast for just five bucks a month. And it's only five bucks a month. You can have, uh, you can watch us record shows live, or That's you true. can have access to recorded, uh, unedited versions of our podcasts. We also have specialty content and the access to the greatest Discord community in the multiverse. It's true. It's true. They're really fucking great, you guys. Come hang yeah. out. It'll be awesome. Yeah. It'll be awesome. All right. Anyway, is, that's it. Is that it? Okay. Um, then we say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. So my partner won tickets to go see uh, Alan Cummings and Ari Shapiro. They do like a cabaret show. (laughs) And it's funny as shit. I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was. Well, Alan Cummings played um, the MC in Cabaret, the Broadway musical. Oh, yeah. And he was brilliant in that. So I would expect him to still be good at Cabaret. I just didn't know he was still doing it. 
Oh yeah, no, he uh, he was quick to remind Ari Shapiro that he is a two-time Tony Award winning. <laughs> <laughs> so Alan Cummings has done everything. He's been in superhero movies, television shows. He's mm-hmm. very talented. God, he's good. Yes. And so he knows every single celebrity out there. Mm-hmm. So they do this part of the show where Ari Shapiro just shouts out a name of a celebrity. And Alan Cummings is like, oh, yeah, they're friends of mine. Let me tell you a funny story about them. Nice. So they do one for Sir Ian McKellen. <laughs> and and Alan, uh-huh. Cum- Alan Cummings is like, so you have, this is what you have to understand about Ian. Um, he, Magneto, is a, yeah. he, he is a a 21-year-old woman trapped in a very old man's body, a gay man body. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait, what? So when they were making X-Men together, they lived pretty close to each other in like a beach community kind of thing up in the north. And mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. He was... Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Blanked on the name, but I could see him. Okay, go on. So he would, Alan Cummings would show up to set and Ian McKellen would be like, hmm, I read in the newspaper that uh, there's a nude beach nearby. Hmm. <laughs> and Alan Cummings is like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And it kept happening. That kept happening for a few days. Like, mm, I was just talking to the the staff, and they were telling me about this nude beach. And so finally, Alan Cummings was like, "Do you want to go, Ian?" <laughs> oh, if I mean, if you want to, sure. <laughs> so they go to the nude beach, and uh-huh. um, it's very crunchy. Lots of hippies. They're they're both nude and just walking around. And Alan Cummings is like, "Yeah, no, no big deal." And apparently Ian McKellen is hyper extroverted. He's going up and talking to everybody. I believe and, it, yeah. And people are like like looking at him and looking him up and down and like Gandalf, you know? <laughs> so um, apparently Sir Ian has uh, uh, loves to smoke out of a pipe, uh, mostly as a result of filming from Lord of the Rings. He, so he collects pipes. Right. And there is a man who's a vendor that, that was making his own uh, specialty pipes. But it's a nude beach, so the man had the pipes tied around his waist. So Sir Ian walked up and was like, oh, Alan, come here, look at this. And he goes down on his knees and is like looking at pipes and everything like that. And Alan Cummings is like, this is the most awkward situation of my life right now. <laughs> and Ian's like, he's like, oh, look, this pipe is, is quite long. 